Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Welcome to Shabbat Shuvah, Shabbat of Return, Shabbat Teshuvah. And in Hebrew, Teshuvah, as Pastor explained, means to return to God, to repent. Uh, and it's a big theme uh, right now. And in fact, it's been a big theme for the last 40 days, 30 days. Uh, from the beginning of Elul, the Hebrew month of Elul, uh, through Rosh Hashanah, and uh, then through uh, Tuesday, which is Yom Kippur, Tuesday night, the Day of Atonement, uh, this 40-day period on God's divine calendar is a 40-day period of returning and repenting. And so uh, the theme for tonight's message, the title of tonight's message is Shabbat Shuvah and the power of of repentance. Amen. And so this 40 days that we're talking about uh, is uh, the season that God's ordained for us to return to him. We're busy in our lives. We're making things happen. We're accomplishing things. But also sometimes our priorities can get out of whack. And we forget to be about our father's business. And so for 40 days, the shofar is blowing. How many of you were here on Sunday when Brother James blew the shofar? Man, that just lights a fire in your spirit, doesn't it? So why did God choose the number 40? Out of all the, uh, the, uh, the periods of time he could have chose, he chose 40. Because 40 is God's biblical number for cleansing and purification. It speaks about uh, commitment and dedication, uh, which uh, for you and I, this is a season of rededication. We've dedicated our lives to the Lord. How many of you have dedicated your life to the Lord? Let me see your hand. Tonight, this 40 days, and for the next few days leading into the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, is a time for us to consider these things. And there's a number of biblical examples that you can point to to illustrate this idea of 40 and cleansing and purification, commitment, consecration, dedication, all these different synonyms. How long did Noah's reigns last? I hear 40 over here. Do I hear 40 back there? Can I get a 40 over here? 40 days. Yeah. Did you know that the mikvah, the baptismal, needs a minimum of 40 measures of water for it to be ceremonially ready to use? 40. Israel was in the wilderness how long? 40 years, and then came the promised land. Both Moses and Jesus fasted for how long? 40 
days. And in fact, this is, this is so cool that on the very uh, first Elul, when Israel had come out of Egypt and they had sinned with the sin of the golden calf, there was a whole lot of teshuvah that needed to happen. And Moses, in a spirit of repentance, re-went up to Mount Sinai to meet with God and he pleaded and interceded and repented on behalf of Israel and 40 days later, he returned to Israel with a second set of commandments. The covenant had been restored because of repentance. And in fact, that day was a special day. It was the very first Yom Kippur. Amen? And so each of these examples points to the idea that there are appointed times, divine times, moments in your life that you don't want to miss when God has preordained to move in your life. And in this season, he wants to move in your life through a spirit of repentance, teshuvah, Shabbat of return. Amen. How many of you are ready for that? Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a big praise. Let him know in heaven you're ready. Now, a lot of times Christians get nervous. You know, we're, we're nervous that we're studying uh, Judeo-Christian things, Jewish things. And uh, we think that the New Testament just changed everything. And there's nothing in the New Testament, brother, well, uh, is that true? Nah, not so much. If you have your Bible, go with me to 2 Corinthians 13. And in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, this theme of Teshuvah is being ministered to from the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians. And it says, do we have that scripture? Yes. It says, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. Now, nobody wants to be the guy in the group that's been disqualified. And Paul is saying, yo, dudes, do debts. There's some things that we need to be real with. And one of those things is, are we really living in the faith? Is Jesus Christ really in us? And if he is, how is that uh, manifesting to the world? Amen. Look at what the Amplified Bible says. The Amplified Bible says, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, test and evaluate yourselves to see whether you are in the faith and living your lives as committed believers. I always love Pastor Greg. Uh, God bless Pastor Greg. He would always say, are you a believing believer? 
In this case, Paul is saying, the Amplified is saying, are you a committed believer? Is there any other kind? Right? Yo, is there any other kind? Are you a committed believer tonight? Amen. Amen. It goes on, examine yourselves. Not me. I love that. Oftentimes, we want to examine everybody else's issues. <laughs> but the Bible is called a mirror. And we're to look in the mirror and see what manner of man or woman we're becoming. Okay, I know this seems like a bummer, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to do all that. Well, if you want success and victory, anybody like success? Anybody like victory? Anybody like to overcome? Everyone, anybody like to see the devil defeated? Then this is an important message. It's just part of the full gospel. Well, I only want half the gospel. No, you want the full gospel. Turn and tell somebody we want the full gospel. Goes on to say, do you not recognize this about yourselves by an ongoing experience that Jesus Christ is in you? Man, that's comforting. The power of the living God, the power of the resurrected Savior is within us. And it's that resurrection power that allows us to make changes in our life Repent, repentance, and it's that repentance and that power that allows us to experience success and victory. Amen? Amen. And so we'll just stop there so I don't uh, get you too depressed. <laughs> but that scripture is quite a call to action, isn't it? That's a call to action. And this is why the key symbol for this season is the shofar. It's God's alarm clock. It's the wake-up call happening. Wake up, Christian. Wake up, believer. Don't miss what God is doing. Amen? I was uh, reading and made some notes about the, the great 12th century rabbi, Maimonides, uh, he is one of the most respected rabbis in all of Jewish history. And he wrote something about this appointed time that really caught my attention. And he says, there is a hidden message we are supposed to infer by listening to the shofar. Sleeping ones, awake from your sleep. Slumbering ones, Awaken from your slumber. Examine your deeds. Remember your creator. And do teshuvah. Say teshuvah. Do teshuvah. Return to the Lord. Repent of the things that are holding you back. And in this season, God will add his super to your natural. Who always says that? Pastor Tiz, she'll be here Sunday. You know, it's likely 
that Jesus, his Hebrew name Yeshua, uh, came out of the wilderness after this 40-day season that we're talking about. In fact, his first recorded sermon in the Bible is in Matthew 4.17. And if you turn over there, you're going to see something. If you have the red letter edition, it's the first red letter in the Bible. And the first red letter in the Bible from Jesus himself, Yeshua himself, is Teshuvah. Repent. Return to the Lord. The Amplified says it this way. Repent, and then in parentheses it says, change your inner self. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking. Remember Zig Ziglar, the late, great Zig Ziglar? We all have stinking thinking, and we all need a checkup from the neck up. Jesus preached it before Zig Ziglar. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking, Regret your sins. Live your life in a way that proves repentance and seek God's purpose for your life. Pastor talked about that, right? Return to God. Teshuvah, this is that season. And it's the Avos, who's ever heard that word, Avos? The father of all sermons in Jesus' life is, begins with Teshuvah. And I got to thinking about this. He begins with Teshuvah. He is the Alpha. And he ends with Teshuvah. He is the Omega, the Alpha and the Omega. What am I talking about? He begins with Teshuvah in Matthew 4, 17. Then in his message to the churches of Revelation, you were here when pastor went through all the churches, the church of Ephesus, Jesus had a word for them. And in Revelation 2, 5, this is the Omega word, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent, unless you teshuvah, alpha, omega. Isn't that amazing? So this is pretty important. And it's so important that God put it on his divine calendar. He wants us to live in this mindset that we're in a perpetual state of teshuvah. And the good news is God is patient. God is loving. God is merciful. God is not willing that anyone would perish but that all would come to a knowledge of the truth. And part of the truth is we need to repent, change our way of thinking, regret our past sins, and learn what it means to be a committed believer and do it God's way, not the Frank Sinatra way, my way. 
Amen? How many of you know the story of the prodigal son? Yeah. Yeah, he got himself into all kinds of trouble, didn't he? He had gone far away from God. He might have taken 10,000 steps away, but it was only one step back. And when he made the decision to return to the father's house, what happened? It's like that old uh, song, it's the only time I saw God run. Who was that? Benny Hester from the 80s. The only time I saw God run. He's on the porch. The prodigal son is repenting. He's been living in sin and he's fallen into deep despair, deep darkness, and yet he comes to his senses. And the father is waiting, and he sees him far off. And he sees him, and he runs to him and welcomes him back. Isn't God good? If there's anything going on in your life right now here on stream, God is saying, I'll run to meet you and love on you and help you to live the life you were destined to live. Amen? That's worth praising God about, right? Give God a big praise for being loving and kind and merciful. But there is a, a general problem that needs to be addressed. I like the Beatles, and uh, I grew up listening to the Beatles and then they had their solo careers, and Mr. Ringo uh, sang a song that uh, still played on uh, the radio to these days, It Don't Come Easy. It Don't Come Easy. Changing our thinking, changing our behavior, changing our belief system don't come easy. In fact, that's really the main part of spiritual warfare. Yeah, we want to pull down powers and principalities. We have that authority and that dominion. We can do all that. But the real spiritual warfare is right between these two protrusions. Many Christians refuse to change. No one here, of course. Some people don't even think there, there's a reason to change. Some of us think we were born walking on water. But in reality, we were all born into sin. There's uh, no one who hasn't sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And in our natural human nature... We don't necessarily want to fully submit. We might dabble in Christianity and we might do a little bit here or there. But if it comes to total surrender and submission to the will of God, uh, uh, I I'll see you next week. I was thinking about uh, some of the jokes I've told through the years. And... I remembered this one joke I want to share with you right now about partial repentance. 
And it kind of illustrates sometimes where believers can be when it comes to submitting to the Lord, submitting to the word, uh, returning to God, repenting from uh, our bad attitudes and all these uh, different things. And the, the joke goes like this. There was a certain man who had been going to church for a number of years who had a nagging secret. And uh, he was uh, just unable to keep it hidden any longer. So he went to the church to see the pastor. He admitted that for years he had been stealing building supplies from the lumber yard where he worked. And the pastor asked him, well, how much lumber did you take? Well, I took enough to build my whole home. And it took enough to build my son's home, too. Then I took enough to build our cottage at the lake. Now, the pastor said, dude, this is a very serious thing you got going on here. You're going to need to make some major changes in your life. Have you ever considered doing a retreat? And the man thought for a moment. He said, no. I can't say that I have, Pastor, but if you can get the retreat plans, I can get the lumber. (laughs) This guy needs an understanding of repentance and teshuvah, doesn't he? The fact is, many people don't realize they're in a trap. It's like the gal who was on her way back from the concession stand at the stadium. And she asked the man at the end of the row, excuse me, sir, but did I step on your foot a few minutes ago? And the man looked at her expecting an apology and he said, indeed you did. And so the lady nodded her head and said, oh, good, then this is my row. And then she went to her seat. <laughs> People don't understand their behavior. We're, uh, we need to be self-aware, but many times we're unaware that we have bad behavior that we need to repent of. The guy in the lumber yard, this gal in the stadium, we're, we're not robbing banks. No one's Bonnie and Clyde here. No one's Bonnie and Clyde here, right? <laughs> but being inconsiderate, being selfish, being rude and vulgar, offensive, that's not God's divine nature. That's not God's plan. God wants those kind of things changed in our lives. And he's trying to speak to us, but we don't want to listen. I read this quote, said, there's no disgrace or condemnation in being wrong. The disgrace is choosing to stay wrong. Yeah? The disgrace is choosing to stay wrong. As believers, we are set before us life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. Choose life God's way. Not your own way. 
Amen? And so this is where repentance comes in. It's where the Holy Spirit begins to move. It's where the Word of God begins to move. And the Spirit and the Word speaks to us, speaks to our heart. Sometimes it's a prompting, a gentle nudging. But if you're a real lunkhead, <laughs> how many lunkheads are here today? Could I see your hand? No, don't raise your hand. Sometimes the prompting changes into a piercing. Yeah. And God, instead of prompting us because he's not getting through, he pierces our heart. Ah, what's happening in my life? Why isn't anything working out? You, God is resisting things. It's not the devil. It's God resisting you from things work because you won't acknowledge some things in your life. The truth hurts, but the devil hurts even more. So we need to get to the point and we have these Shabbats of return and we have other appointed times where uh, it's an opportunity to give the Lord permission to do some spiritual heart surgery. Amen. You have to give that permission. We have consent forms in the back. <laughs> Ushers, could you bring the consent forms out? I consent to give God permission to do something miraculous in my life so that I can move on and climb higher on the ladder of success. That's when problems turn into promises. Amen. One of uh, the scriptures our Jewish counterparts read on Shabbat Shuvah is from the prophet Hosea. And in Hosea 14.2, this is from the New Living Translation, it says, bring your confessions and return to the Lord. Amen. Say to him, Forgive all our sins, graciously receive us, so that we may offer you our praises. Do you see the outcome of repentance and confession? It gets you out of depression and into praise. How many of you want to live a happier life, a more blessed life, have a more quality life? This is the way you do it. What's the name of that song? This is how we do it. Yeah? Another scripture that our Jewish counterparts read during this season is Psalm 51. You might uh, know this, maybe you don't know this, but King David wrote Psalm 51 after his fall with Bathsheba into adultery. And he realizes, oh my gosh, what have I done? And he throws himself on the mercies of God. And in Psalm 51.1, he says, have mercy on me, O God. Because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sin. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. 
That's the cry of Teshuvah. And everyone needs to do that. And it really becomes a perpetual thing. And it's the key to success and victory. God doesn't have us examine ourselves and do Teshuvah because he wants to beat us up, throw the book at us. He loves us. Someone say, God loves me. Even when we've sinned and fallen short of his standards. But repentance is the key to getting it all right. In other words, without true repentance, we can't be delivered from the works of the enemy. Why can't I get the victory in my life? Well, like we were saying the other day in another example, you're telling on yourself. Why can't I get the victory? There's probably something in uh, the behavior, in the activity, in the action, in the lifestyle that God doesn't like. And you're not getting the miracle breakthrough that you want because you won't address that thing. And on Shabbat, Shavah, Teshuvah is there for all of us. Draw near to him. He'll draw near to us and he'll purify us and cleanse us. And he'll give us a spirit of repentance. Repentance just isn't there anytime you want it. There's times when the, the, the spirit of God moves your heart. And that's the time to respond. Maybe that time is tonight. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25, says that it's God that gives us the ability to repent. It reads, the scripture reads, in humility, correct those who are in opposition to God. If God perhaps will grant them repentance. That's telling us that well, I, I'll just repent some other day. No, if you hear the word of the Lord today and you feel a quickening in your spirit that there's something that needs to be addressed, I know you're not Bonnie and Clyde. God knows that. You're not robbing banks, you're not a heroin dealer. But there's issues, probably inner things. Your thinking, your attitudes. And God is saying right now, I'm releasing that spirit of repentance so that you can be set free. And I not only want you to be set free from the snare of the devil, I want to teach you how to live free, how to live in success and victory. It all starts with repentance. Amen. Unfortunately, the modern church doesn't necessarily want this message out there. We don't want to preach repentance. We don't want to necessarily be challenged as the people of God. Well, I, I love going to that church. They got a great ministry, but every now and then they get to meddling in my affairs. Yeah? God wants to rescue us from the snare of the fowler, the snare of the devil. But at some point, like the prodigal son, the light has to go on. What manner of woman, what manner of man am I becoming, and what issues do I need to correct? If you're not sure, uh, husbands, ask your wife. 
I know there's a list there somewhere. <laughs> Amen. Another scripture that shows us what it means to test you is Romans 12, 2. This scripture in Romans 12, 2, turn over there if you have your Bible and mark that scripture. Uh, it, it speaks of a 180, a 180, a complete change of direction. And God wants all of us to enter into that mindset that I'm living the 180 life and I'm willing to change direction if I realize my lifestyle isn't matching up to the word of God. Now, no one wants to confess they've been argumentative. No one wants to confess they've been stingy. No one wants to confess that they have apathy and cynicism. They're indifferent, immoral, uncaring, unhealthy. Make your list. And then take that list to your shredder. Do you have a shredder at home? I had thought about having shredders up here and everybody get a pay and you write down some of those things in your life that you want help with uh, from heaven to get rid of and then write those down and put them in the shredder. But Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. How many of you want the perfect will of God? The prerequisite is a transformation needs to be taking place. And a lot of that is in that area of how we think about things, what our value system is, what our belief system is. So look, I know it, it's not necessarily breaking news, but, and, and as we mentioned this, people don't necessarily want to be challenged to repent. It's not our natural instinct to want to make changes. Nobody wants to uh, step up and say, yeah, uh, honey, uh, kids, yeah, boss, yeah. In fact, a lot of times we try to turn the blame onto someone else. You're the reason for all these problems. You're, you're the one that needs to change your course. And so... As I think, thought about that, I thought about this story of the aircraft carrier, the USS Lincoln. And one stormy night off the coast of Newfoundland, there was a green blip that suddenly appeared on their radar screen. And the captain of the USS Lincoln urgently broadcast to the Canadian Naval Authorities, please divert your course 15 degrees to the north to avoid a collision. And then the Canadians replied back, we recommend you divert your course 15 degrees to the south to avoid a collision. So the captain got a little bit Miffed. And so he says again, I insist 
that you divert your course 15 degrees to the north. And the Canadians replied, no, I say again, you have to divert your course. And now the captain of the USS Lincoln is just mad. And he says, do you not understand who you're talking to? This is the aircraft carrier, the USS Lincoln. The second largest ship in the United States Atlantic fleet. We are accompanied by three destroyers, three cruisers, and numerous support vessels. I demand that you change your course. And then suddenly, after a pause, the Canadians replied, This is the Cape Spear Lighthouse in Newfoundland. USS Lincoln, we suggest you change your course, but it's your call. <laughs> this is really a picture of the struggle people go through when the Holy Spirit and the Word of God are prompting and piercing people's hearts. God's warning us. You're on a collision course with danger if you carry on with these wrong activities. Unless you repent, something bad's going to happen. Proverbs 27, 12 says that a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. Yeah? Yeah? The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Who wants to be the simpleton? Raise your hand. <laughs> of course, no one wants to be the simpleton. But we can't just go blindly on. There needs to be some course correction that goes on. And Shabbat Shuvah is the perfect time. This 40-day period is the perfect time for us to look at our spiritual lives and ask ourselves, ask the Lord, are there things in my life, Lord, that I need to change? And he'll probably give you one or two things. And if you'll respond appropriately, then not only will that thing just diminish in your life, but there'll be a huge blessing that follows. Who can use more blessing in your life? Yeah? Well, then we need to get involved with this message. So as we close tonight, it's important that we understand that authentic repentance is a lifestyle. One of the Hebrew words for prayer includes the definition of repent. So a lot of our prayer time isn't just for asking for stuff. There's a part uh, of our prayer for that, a time for that. But there also needs to be a time with, Lord, how am I doing? What am I doing right? And what could I be doing better? And when God tells you, eh, you could probably do a little bit better. If you can't hear from God, again, I uh, uh, refer you to your spouse. <laughs> they will definitely help you. Amen. So Teshuvah is 
perpetual. We never get past it. It's a lifestyle of turning away from the things of the world, turning away from all the negative attitudes and all the the things that are blocking our blessing and turning towards the blessing of God, the presence of God, the promises of God, and the will of God. That's why we have the high holidays. And it's culminating on Tuesday night and uh, all day Wednesday. There's a Yom Kippur fast. And that prayer and fasting is oftentimes the very thing that we need in our lives to break free of the things that hold you back, that hold us back. And so God wants to have you go into the new year with a clean slate. You understand that? You can have a clean slate going into the new year. Amen? Your sins can be forgiven. Generational curses can be broken. And it will pave the way for an outpouring of God's blessing in your life. Do you receive that? Do you receive that tonight? Yeah? Amen? So, as Judeo-Christians, we look into what our Jewish brothers and sisters are doing, and some of that applies beautifully and perfectly to our Christian life. And there's a special high holiday prayer that is prayed during these 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. These are the 10 days of Teshuvah, the 10 days of awe, the high holidays. And it culminates on the Day of Atonement. But this prayer is called, Our Father, Our King. Avenu Malkenu, Our Father, Our King. If you've come to Torah study uh, on Sunday mornings through the years, uh, we'll have prayed this prayer many a time. Uh, and tonight, I want to pray this prayer over you. It's a powerful prayer. And I'd ask uh, if uh, uh, Danton or one of the team is here, uh, if you could come and we just want to get into the presence of the Lord, get into a mindset of prayer, And I want to pray this over our lives and release God's breakthrough power and breakthrough blessing into our lives. Is that okay? Amen. Come on. Amen. Our Father, our King. Praise God. Just bow your hearts, close your eyes, and let this minister to you. This prayer is over 2,000 years old. But praying it tonight, it's just going to be such a blessing. Our Father, our King. Our Father, our King, deal with us kindly for the sake of thy name. Our Father, our King, renew unto us a year of good. Our Father, our King, annul every evil decree against us. Our Father, our King, frustrate the counsel of our enemies. 
our Father, our King, destroy the power of every oppressor and adversary. Our Father, our King, silence the mouths of our adversaries and those who accuse us falsely. Our Father, our King, remove pestilence, the sword, famine, captivity, destruction, and plague from the children who obey thy covenant. Our Father, our King, withhold the plague from thy people. Our Father, our King, forgive and pardon our iniquities. Our Father, our King, blot out our transgressions and cause our sins to pass away from before thee. Our Father, our King, Inscribe us in the book of a blessed life. Our Father, our King, inscribe us in the book of freedom and salvation. Our Father, our King, inscribe us in the book of sustenance. Our Father, our King, inscribe us for a meritorious life. Our Father, our King, Inscribe us in the book of forgiveness and reconciliation. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, if you receive that tonight, give the Lord a praise right where you're at. Give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Now let's take Shabbat and communion together. It's going to be kind of a hybrid. Shabbat. Communion. Pastor talked about both tonight on the video. So take out your challah bread, fresh, yummy challah bread, and old, old juice. <laughs> How long has this stuff been in here, Wilbur? <laughs> it's sanctified. You'll drink no deadly thing. It won't hurt you. Amen. The wine, the juice, symbolizes spiritual power, the power of the blood, the blood of the lamb, the seven places Jesus shed his blood. And it brings us, when we understand the revelation and we receive this sacrament, it, it releases great joy, a blessed assurance that everything's going to be okay. Sins are forgiven, curses are broken, and the blessing of the Lord is being released. So as we take this cup, let's receive it with thanksgiving. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who gives us the commandment to drink the fruit of the vine. Amen and amen. Let's drink it together with great joy. Mmm. Hallelujah. And then the bread symbolizes God's abundance, God's blessing. 
Aren't you glad that God loves you so much that he wants to bless you with abundance? He wants to bless you with favor. He wants to open doors of opportunity in your life. He wants to heal your sick body. He wants to bring every blood-bought promise into your life. Those blood-bought promises are yes and amen. And when we take the bread and we receive that, we are receiving that wholeness. Amen. And we are receiving the blessing of God in every area, especially as we go into this new year. So blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings bread from the ground. We receive it with thanksgiving tonight. Amen and amen. Let's take it together. Mmm. And give the Lord a praise. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Shabbat shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. We're going into Yom Kippur in the new year. Blessed, blessed, and blessed. Do you receive that? Amen. Let's go out with a worship song.